Hey, this is Michelle with a couple other thoughts bringing out of Acts 2. So um, let's talk about those feasts, the Jewish feasts that are kind of woven through Acts 1 and 2 um, that kind of can help us understand some more things. These are feasts that were set up by God at Sinai when he told Moses, like, hey, here's what I want you to do. This, this is like the calendar that was set up for the Jews that they celebrate. And I think when I have learned the deep understanding of these feasts, I have, it has really shed a whole lot of light on Jesus' story and the story of the kingdom. Just so profound. So I want to share a little bit about that with you today. Um, these are, we would call them the feasts or the appointed times is what it's called in Leviticus 23. It's the Moedim is the Hebrew word for it. And these are the special days that were set apart for the Jewish people. Okay, so let's do, let's go to history first. So in history, we know that the Jews were enslaved in Egypt and the whole thing happened with Pharaoh, let my people go. And then they got to go. So the whole, the whole Passover story happened. Um, and then they fled Egypt. Okay. And then it takes them 50 days and they get to Mount Sinai. And that is where the law is given to Moses, where like whether he gets the Ten Commandments and all of the commandments. So, you know, what we find in like Exodus 20 and following, that happens at Sinai. And so that day is called Shavuot. The day that the, they remember the giving of the law at Sinai is called Shavuot. Okay. So, and that's kind of like setting up like, hey, this is, this is what our relationship is going to look like. Here's the law. Here, here's the feast. Here's the way I want to interact with you. I'm asking for your faithfulness in your heart. Um, so that day, Shavuot. All right, now I want you to fast forward this into the time of Jesus because these feasts that the Jews celebrate every year get fulfilled in the time of Christ. So with Jesus, he dies at Passover. And then there's this other little feast in there called the Feast of First Fruits that I can't help but tell you. So the Feast of First Fruits happens on the day after the Sabbath, after Passover. So Passover is mobile on the calendar because of the moon. Somehow, don't ask me that question. But Passover is mobile a little bit. But this, this Feast of First Fruits happens the day after the Sabbath, the week of Passover. So the year that Jesus died, he, as we know, he gets arrested on Thursday and he dies on Friday. So they have Sabbath from Friday night to Saturday night. And then Sunday morning is the Feast of First Fruits this particular year. So that's, of course, when Mary and the ladies go to the temple or to the tomb and find Jesus not there. Right. So then, of course, they go running back to the disciples and they're like, Jesus isn't there. He's risen. Like he's not in in there. OK, well, what's interesting is what happens on that day is that is the day that you it's called the Feast of First Fruits, meaning you pick the first fruits out of your garden and you bring it to the temple and the priest will wave it before the Lord and say this. He that is faithful to bring the first fruits out of the ground will be faithful to bring the rest of the harvest. Okay, so like it's like if he brought if he brought one little sprig of wheat out of the garden, he will be faithful to bring the rest of the harvest out of the garden. So um, it's declaring the Lord's faithfulness over what he will do through the harvest. Okay, so. And I think it's also interesting that they give their first fruits to the Lord. Like, I know how precious the first tomato that comes out of my husband's garden is to him. And if he was like, I'm going to bring it to the Lord and put it on the altar and give it away, 
that's like, that's a sacrifice. <laughs> like he's like, he wants to eat it. But I'm like, what does that mean? When God asks us to bring our first fruits to him because they belong to him, because he's the one that made them. He is the one that gave them to us. Hmm. Okay. So I know. So anyways, so just imagine like the ladies running through town and being like, so the te- like the ladies are running through town, the disciples are running through town and being like, he is risen. Like he was in the ground and now he's out. And the priests at the same time are saying, he that is faithful to bring the first fruits out of the ground will be faithful to bring the rest of the harvest, which kind of like, can you hear what's screaming in there? It's this like, Jesus rose out of the ground. He will be faithful to bring all of us under the ground. Jesus conquered death. He will conquer death for all of us as we trust in him. Like it is this crazy foreshadow. Okay. So then in the time of Jesus, we know that he hangs out with them for 40 days. And then there's the 10 days of waiting. And then Pentecost happens. That's Shavuot. That's the day where they are celebrating the giving of the law. So I don't know if they've picked up on this yet that like Jesus dies on Passover. Hmm. He's raised on first fruits. Hmm. Oh, we got another feast coming. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're that smart. I, I probably am not that smart until, you know, until I, Gene Binder taught me all the things. So thank the Lord for wise people. So here we have that they're celebrating the giving of the law at Sinai. And then the Holy Spirit shows up, right? So in, in, harvest terms we have the feast of first fruits where they say he that's faithful to bring the first fruit so then you have 50 days well what happens in 50 days well the wheat grows and so this is the beginning of the harvest when they do shavuot when they do pentecost they are celebrating the beginning of the harvest season so they say that we had the first fruits everything grew for 50 days and now it is time to work now it is time to harvest this is a sign this is the day we celebrate the maturity of the wheat of what god has done so Spiritually, I want you to translate that. So here we're going, we have Jesus died, was resurrected, and now on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes. This is a sign of the maturity of the believers, that he's going, this is, this is the new thing. This is, here was the law. Now I'm going to infuse it with the Spirit. This is the way we are going to operate now. That would not have been lost on the disciples. I go, they have been celebrating Pentecost. They've been celebrating Shavuot and the giving of the law to Moses their whole life. And now he's going, and he is, he has infused that with the power of the Holy Spirit. This whole story is full of an analogy because it's meant to tell us something. God had written a very elaborate story that was meant to tell us a very big story. So I think in the church today, when we hear Pentecost, we think, oh, the giving of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Acts 2, got it. And I go, do we understand the depth of the way this would have been understood, the way that the Jews would have understood this because of, they go, this is the day we celebrate the establishment of a relationship between us and God at Sinai. The way when God explained everything to Moses about how things were going to move forward, that is now, now we're, we're all of a sudden receiving the Holy Spirit on that day. He's going, this is the way we're going to move forward. I am infusing you with the power of my spirit. And this is the way we're going to move forward. And he brought, and he's bringing it, like even the fact that it's happening on Shavuot, that it's happening on Pentecost, it's, we are bringing that story with us. So we're not meant to abandon our Jewish story. We're meant to understand it and bring it with us and let it inform how we see things. And so here we have the maturity of the wheat, 
the maturity of the believers, being full of the Holy Spirit. And he's going, I'm launching you into harvest. I'm launching you into spiritual harvest. And then that is exactly what Peter goes to do. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, it's, it's that verse that says, like, the fields are white for harvest. It just reminds me of that. Like, I wonder, did Peter think about that? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Did he think about that when he was walking out to those steps? Like, he's like, the fields are ripe for harvest. And he's like, it is harvest time. Because that is what they celebrate on Shavuot. He goes, this is the maturity of the wheat. Like, it's time. And he goes, all right, if it's time, then Holy Spirit, let's do this. And so he gives this sermon, and they, they've got to be like, oh, apparently, yeah, I guess it really was service time. <laughs> if 3,000 people were added to their number just that day, and then crazy things start to happen. And the way that they lived in unity in that and worked together as a community through that, like, isn't that what you do during harvest time? I mean, I've never been a farmer. But I'm like, I think you work together with your neighbors and your families and you and you bring in the harvest. And I think that they must have like, think of them going to bed that night after Pentecost, like after Shavuot. <laughs> they were like, we were waiting and we were waiting and we were waiting. And then the Holy Spirit shows up on the holiday. It's just got to be like, there are blinking lights going on all over the disciples. And they're like, oh, I get it. Like, I get it. And then they go outside, do the sermon, all these people meet Jesus, and then they, they start baptizing people. There's right by the southern steps where he gave this sermon, there's all these, they're called mikvahs, which is like baptismal, like natural baptismal places that the Jews used for cleansing all the time. But then they were baptized right there. Like this just amazing and beautiful. So they must have gone to bed that night and been like, oh, yeah, the maturity of the wheat. Like the kingdom is mature, the fields are ripe for harvest. We need to go and tell people the story of our Jesus. So that they will know and so that they can understand and then be full of the spirit like this is the best gift ever like anyway okay um <laughs> i think i could talk about that for three years but you know i'm gonna go ahead and cap it so uh we should pray about that ready jesus will you teach us about the depth to which your story is so profound you wrote such an amazing powerful story and I pray that you'd help us understand it when we say we want to love you with our heart, our mind, soul, and strength. Lord, some of it, when I understand you with my mind, my soul, and my spirit come alive in a whole new way. So, God, would you enlighten our mind at the depth of your story, the story of your people that you wrote and that you gave us in um, the Bible that we could understand. Help us to understand the way that you wrote this story, the way that you brought the gospel and the spirit in the midst of this Jewish connection and the story that you wrote to your to your people. So, Lord, open our eyes so we can see, enlighten our mind, enlighten our heart, and help us to love you with a depth of understanding to know how powerful and beautiful you are. <clears throat> and, Holy, and pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would rise up in us and do what only you can do, both with how we understand you and what it means that we are living in that season, that season spiritual time of harvest show us what that means show us the fullness of what that means god open our eyes god we trust you in jesus name amen